When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find a link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 92. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Pond, the Perth psych pop band releasing their ninth studio record today entitled Nine. In today's episode, we're speaking with frontman Nick Albrook about pushing boundaries on the new record, how marathon running plays into his creative process, and we discuss the music of Benny Davis. Here we go. Our guest today is the frontman for one of Western Australia's most loved bands, Pond. The psych pop band releasing their incredible new record today, which is entitled Nine. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Nicholas Albrook from Pond. Good uh, yeah, good morning where you are. How are we? Um, I'm okay. I'm actually a little bit sick. But um it's not it's not it's not the best. I, I, I can't I'm, I get nervous telling people that now. <laughs> it it's a different level of anxiety, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. But I did a test and it said I don't have coronavirus, so like I feel like I need, a, I need to preface preface it by saying <laughs> I don't have coronavirus, but I am feeling a little bit sick. That's fair. It is even when you go out to the shops these days. I feel that um, you feel guilty for almost sneezing or having a cough, even if it's just a general allergy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. It's like I smoke. I smoke cigs. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> They're just from darts. That's all it is. Yeah. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Um, Nick, congratulations. The new record for Pond 9 is out today. Thank you. <laughs> it's um, a very, very exciting time for the band. Obviously, uh, we've all been in a bit of a, a weird position in the last 18 months. Was How long has the record kind of been in gestation? Was it started pre-COVID? Um. Yeah, I guess so. It can be hard to it can be hard to know the gestation period, I suppose. <laughs> like, um, you know, these little these little embryos of ideas come up long, long before. Um, but I guess yeah, it's almost entirely a co a COVID. Uh, COVID production. Yeah. I think we we maybe started like just before. Just before. Yeah. Um yeah. 
I know we um we got Dream Dust, um, the Pond Studio, like in February twenty twenty. Not uh, both good and bad. I imagine it's not ideal to have it finally done and then a pandemic hits, but it's also um, <laughs> at least it wasn't like a, a you'd invested in a sporting venue or something like that where it um. No. The studio, I feel like, gets a good use in 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 the pandemic. It really it, it did. Although we were surprisingly good boys, like like <laughs> I think I think it really showed the level of our like um our fear of authority, our uh, um yeah how much we didn't go into the studio when it was like lockdown, even though there's absolute, even though there's fucking no one there. <laughs> um, no, it's definitely good. I'm glad we didn't invest in an arena or anything. Yeah, that's, that's very fair. Uh, the, the record is, um, it's gorgeous. It's a great record. It's, Thank you. of course, um, I pond, I feel aren't known for, making like four to the floor indie rock records. Like you guys are known for making like kind of crazy psych pop. And what I heard is that with this record, you thought, no, let's even try and push that boundary further and just fuck it. Let's try and do everything and anything. Was that, uh, was that the case when writing this record? Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted to, um, I was imagining like a sprawling double triple album except the the eccentric one, you know, the tusk <laughs> of, of the catalogue. Yeah. <laughs> um I thought it would be like like the pod by Wayne or like um Royal Trucks or something. Um uh, but then gradually we started recognizing more potential and got, got that, got that, got that, um, that old thing where you're like, Oh, maybe we should develop this song into some sort of grand tower, <laughs> a g- glistening tower. And you start getting rid of the songs that some people think are a bit too shit or too silly or um, too far out of uh, the the um, the median, yes. like yeah. the median vibe of, of of the whole thing. The outliers start to get culled. You know, the stragglers get eaten. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like a scary kind of process to um yeah. to be going through. <laughs> it's a bloodbath. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we recently, or maybe about two or three months ago, we had um Joy, shiny Joe Ryan, on the pod as a guest, mm-hmm. um, and we were talking about the songwriting process for himself and how uh, w- with Joe obviously being part of Pond, but also yourselves. I feel like it's the band and then has many ecosystems of other bands within it. Um, how you feel about the songwriting process in terms of 
you know, a shiny Joe Ryan song becoming a pun song and possibly vice versa. Like I think it was toast that kind of started as a Joe demo. Yeah. 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 How do I feel about that? Yeah. Like as in what, what are your thoughts in, in terms of um, the process of, of you having like writing pun songs and then I guess, do you ever find that, yeah, you'll come across a, a Joe demo that's like, oh, that could actually work with this or vice versa, that you ever write a pond song that you're like, no, that's not us, but that might actually work for someone else. Um, all right. No, not really. It doesn't, it doesn't go across. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, it doesn't go across the, it doesn't go across the pond. All, all, all songs sort of, you know, that this is going to be a fucking annoying, annoying analogy. Um, <laughs> sort of sink downwards towards the pond. That's a good analogy. Thank you. Um, and, um, and, you know, they either get spat back out the same side, straight back into the loving, the loving arms of their, <laughs> of their progenitor or, um, um, or they sink in, but no, I've never actually get, you know, there's never been like a, there's never been like a Joe's seed that's gone on to like a Nick album or vice versa or anything like that. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's just, it's just songs that you sort of, you think you, you've written a song, you're like, Oh, this might be cool for a, for a pond record. And you maybe try try demo it a bit with some of the other guys, and maybe it just doesn't take. It doesn't. I don't know. It's 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 a strange process. Sometimes it's just like uh, no one's really. It hasn't set any sparks. Yeah. And then after six months, a year of making another out, making the album, you've got you know nine, ten songs and that one's not there and you just go all right i'll take that back (laughs) no you're very very uh very elegant (laughs) (laughs) with the um with the recording across um the last number of months i know that you're currently based in london um was it remote recording were you in Perth for part of this or was it half and half or what was the the process of I was there I was I was there for the whole thing um mm. yeah I only moved here after it was done okay yeah so have have you previously before pre-pandemic ever done any of like a remote recording or anything like that or has it always been in in studio with the band yeah, it's always been it's always been in the studio, but it's always been a lot like a bit more. Um, we always we have less time because we've been touring so much. So fuck, I can't even believe we used to tour all the time. <laughs> Crazy, but um, no, we'd like write write a whole bunch of songs. Separately, dig into our demos, you know, the hard drive, various hard drives and 
find songs versus bits that were good and sort of collect them all together, share them, listen through and say like, oh, that's good, you know, that's really that's really cool. Um, if there were some, if there were things that didn't have lyrics, I'd like see which things felt like I could write good lyrics over. Yeah. Take them away, do that. And then we'd book a studio for a month and go in and sort of bash it all out. <laughs> but with this one, we didn't have all those like, um, already propagated seedlings. We just sort of went in, um, went in, um, and like grew everything from, from almost from scratch, apart from a few little ideas that were floating around, which was really fun. It was really cool. And I think, I think when things grow organically from scratch, like they, they, it's immensely satisfying. Yeah, of course. Is that a, um, a process you think you could see yourselves doing in the future, kind of taking it more down that path and making records that way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to get, I, I don't think we'll get stuck on anything. Um, cause that, that's basically why I guess that's why we went to it because we were, we were getting very comfortable in that process. I just described before. Yeah. Um, we just thought we'd do something different. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the record, one of my favorite tracks off it was, um, take me Avalon, um, young, which yeah, was cool. a gorgeous, um, I love the horns in it, the strings. It does kind of have like almost a bit of like an, a, a tiny orchestral feel to it. Mm. Um, firstly, and this is something that we touched on with Joe when we spoke to him, does this kind of orchestral and horns come f- from any uh, love of Betty Davis? <laughs> um, man, I wish, I mean, I, fuck, I love Betty Davis <laughs> so much. But no, I don't, I, 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 I'd be lying if I said that that was what I was thinking of. I think the main thinking was young Americans, I remember. Yeah. I got really into that record for a little bit, you know. Fuck, it's a whole lifetime we spent making this album. Like so much that I that we all went through different like phases, like within making the album, you know, with some somewhere in the middle of making this fucking great big album. I um <laughs> I got I got into I got into really into Young Americans again, um, and yeah, I I remember we decided to do that on that on that song, give it the sort of um, give it the real jamboree sort of group vocal thing at the end where it says um, here's here's looking at you, Clint. I really thought I was being funny. Um, yeah, lots of tambourines and uh, <laughs> backing singers and horns and uh, clapping. 
is it something that we could potentially potentially expect on um, when touring does open up again? Could we possibly see a more expanded lineup, live lineup of Pond? Dude, I would fucking love that. I've been <laughs> marking up that tree for so long. But um, if, if there's any time um, to do it, Nick, now. Yeah. It's expensive though, Simon. It's expensive. <laughs> you know? That is that is also true. I can't. Um, but, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm as good a pinko as the next guy, so maybe we can just dock the top players, the top players pay and, and, and um, give more opportunity to some, to, to, you know, a big choir and a horn section. Well, Doc Gums pay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I have no. Yeah. <laughs> I, if, if it doesn't come to that, or if, if Gum does have an issue with that, um, I don't think fans, no, all good. I don't think fans would have an issue. If you build a, a if I saw on a poster a night with Pond and friends, whoever they may entail, I'd pay extra for that. Why not? Yeah. No, I, I honestly, I would, I, I really want to do that. Yeah. And I can't, I can't imagine playing, especially that song, which is one of my favorite songs on the record. <laughs> I can't imagine doing it without backup singers and horns. Yeah. And even strings, it's got a six string line, uh, string arrangement by Jesse Katansky. Um, and it would be, it would be such a bummer not to have that live. It would be, it would be real epic. Do you, this is a silly, silly, silly question. Have you missed playing live over the last number of months? (laughs) That's not a silly question. Um, um, sort of, yeah. We've had a lot of other stuff on my mind. Um, and I also. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Really enjoyed not playing. Um, um, I think I've said this to other interview people, which is annoying, but it's hard to avoid. But like without touring for that long, I, my connection, my, like I, 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 I I experienced a level of like groundedness that I hadn't for so many years, maybe even my whole life. Um, I became a professional gardener and watched the whole cycle of the seasons, you know, turn, turn around in one, you know, watched summer go into winter and, and winter go into summer all from one, one room, one window. Yeah. Um, and that's just so much more of a like vast, like profound satisfaction than, than touring and playing live. I think. Yeah, of course. Imagine, but I really, but yeah, you know, I did, of course, of course there are moments where I really, when I missed, um, when I miss playing live, it's 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 a massive it's a massive kick. Yeah, it's a real big kick. Talking about um, not like not playing and having time to you know do other things. I know that you're also an avid um, runner slash marathon runner. I know that you're um, a big. Um, Advocate for the Fred Willows Foundation, I believe. Fred Hollows. Oh, Fred Hollows. I had it in my notes, and I think Fred Willows is like an actor. So that's is he? Oh, Fred Hollows is the. Um, it's the. Fred I. Willows actor. <laughs> this is very embarrassing. It's quite alright. It was yes, Fred Hollows who. Um, Obviously, that foundation raises a lot of money for charity for uh, people with eyesight um, issues and helping and restoring eyesight. Um, when you are, I guess, running, because marathon running isn't easy, you've got to kind of prep for that. That's taking a lot of time doing things like that. I'm wondering how that plays into, uh, it might be a bit of a stretch here that I'm drawing the line between, but if there is any impact from doing marathon running to your creative process and whether that going for training for marathons, doing that allows you to reset and kind of clear out anything that, um, yeah, I don't know if that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm totally, totally, man. Um, I don't think it maybe doesn't draw like, um, you know, there's a great there's a great book written by Haruki Murakami called um, "What I Talk About When I Talk About Running," um, and he really 
draws a, a very distinct parallel between his his training and his writing, his creative process, because because he writing novels and he writes quite big novels, not all the time, but he does he does write these these great fucking tomes. Um, are like really probably really similar processes like require that you know require going through a lot of da- a, a lot of self doubt this constant fluctuation of like um what I'm saying is that is that my process probably isn't quite as analogous to long distance running but that part that part is totally helpful like um any create any creativity i reckon is hard because you've got to constantly be faced by this this feeling like this feeling of your own shitness you know you see something that you've done and you think that's shit and then the question, the 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 challenge is to make it make it not so, <laughs> you know, yeah. which is like, you know, that 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 is what what creativity involves is like turning a spark in your mind into something that you can look at or listen to and think, yeah, that that. That, I feel good about that. That's achieved somewhere around, if, if not what I imagined in the first place, something I'm actually happy with. And that, that like, requires this constant, like, putting something down and going, oh, that, that sucks, that's, that's a stinker, and changing it. And I feel like running is this constant, like, up and down, you're like, oh, pretty sore and then you get us this sort of rush and you start like waving at babies in prams and uh <laughs> and skipping and like you f- it's the best fucking tune you've ever heard in your life and like you got goosebumps and then you're like man i'm getting tired dragging my feet a bit i think it's too hot i probably shouldn't have even come out today <laughs> He's do that for like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I can see the 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 lines of that might uh, draw the parallels between between them. Yeah, but I th- I think the mo- the most the most like the biggest effect it's had is just the time to actually meditate. Um. And just the effect that it has on your whole life really um yeah, yeah. it's just a, a, a it's like i can always go there and and forget and and forget the trouble the the troubles of the world disappear for yeah. that period of time that's very cool. I can, um, not a huge runner myself, but I can appreciate that feeling and that escape of that. Um, yeah. I mean, there are a lot less healthy ways to get that effect. 
<laughs> oh, I'm just not any good at running. Just the coordination, Nick, it's, it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick, would you be happy to talk about the playlist that you made for us? I'd love to, yeah. It is an eclectic playlist. It's a great playlist. The the one song I wanted to, to start with was um one that Joe also picked as well, which was Robert Wyatt. Pigs in there. Did he pick pigs? He also he both you've both picked pigs. Um, which before uh, his and your playlist, I hadn't really heard much of Robert Wyatt or this song. But I'm curious what it means to you because I'm wondering whether it's it's a thing shared by the band or yeah what it is it's a it's a very interesting track it's sick isn't it mm. um i think that song is shared by the band yeah yeah i mean like i think i think melody um Prochet introduced us to that song but not the rest of Robert Wyatt's catalogue and then I got into introduced to the rest of it by um, Evelyn Ida Morris Pike, uh, Pike Clert when they were helping me record like a solo album and since then yeah Robert Wyatt's been my sort of like a, le- a, a, a shining light, you know, a northern star. Um, I, I think he's amazing and it's so – I love this song because it really shows the um, – it shows his his tenderness, like the tenderness of his, um, of his spirit. Um and that's not it's not something that like i that you really hear enough of in in lyrics there's so much like big there's so there's so much big feeling and big characters and um you know these these sort of like these sort of like towering biblical kind of um stories and uh love and pain and all this stuff. And this is just such a, it's so honestly him, like it's, it's, it's so non preachy the way that he's, cause he's essentially doing this sort of like animal, animal rights activism standpoint with his, with the lyrics, but he's doing it in such a, like such a gentle self-doubting <laughs> like you know west country british kind of way which is so fucking honest i really like when um when people when people's lyrics um like express a character that's really them and that's that's a lot more nuanced than your than your um like your stock standard like um pop pop music characters yeah, yeah and these archetypes 
I think that's why I really like Kanye West because his character is the character, the things that he talks about and he expresses are like, are so far from, from the hip hop or pop music archetype. He's like, yeah, like no, no one admits to the bad stuff that he talks about feeling on record. Yeah. And um, and at the same time, I don't think anyone admits to the sort of um, the sort of um, you know, meek, mellow, confused, um, tender sweetness that Robert Wyatt does. It's a very interesting connection to make between Robert Wyatt and Kanye, but I can see what yeah. you mean. <laughs> I didn't I mean, think that's where it would be going. Um, another song that was on the playlist was by the gentleman behind me just here um, Frank Ocean with Self Control Yeah. Yeah. what is it about this song that you love oh man it's so so beautiful Um, I had a lot of trouble I was going I, I almost listened to the whole album deciding which song to put on this because every, every one is like, fuck, man, staggering. Um, I mean, shit, there's books. There's books that can and probably have been ri- written about this album. Um but I guess I'll skip around all that shit. Um, <laughs> no, I uh, person personally, I um, I had my first. I remember having my first really painful breakup in um, in Nice in France. I'd moved over. Mm-hmm. Um. And then straight after that, I caught a train to Toulouse for uh, Julian Barbagello's wedding, which is just fucking perfect, isn't it? Go straight <laughs> to a wedding. <laughs> I didn't want to say and, anything, um, but yeah. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> and, um, and this al- and and, you know, if that wasn't bad enough, this album had just come out, like, that day <laughs> and I listened to it on the train and um, yeah, was just this sort of like this puddle, <laughs> this puddle of tears um, and it is just, uh, yeah, it changed, it, I guess it changed a lot for me and everyone's like um, sonic landscape. Yeah. Um, definitely gave me a new, like I'd been really into the idea since, since way back of using auto tune in a more emotional, organic way, but I could never really figure it out. I remember it bef- when, when when we were writing Zanman for like when I was writing Zanman for 
for Hobo Rocket, that was part of my idea of it because I wanted it to be like really emotional, but also um, express the sort of like nihilistic, like um, nihilism of like pharmaceutical, the the modern pharmaceutical brain. Um, But I never really figured it out. And then I uh, like hearing Blonde, it's like a fuck. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it was very inspiring and very emotional yeah it is an incredible record truly one of the best uh, one more song and it's literally it's it's wrapping it up with the lady we were talking about before betty davis she makes an appearance on the playlist um if i'm in luck i might if i'm in luck i might get picked up what is it about this song that uh that made it qualify for the playlist uh, I've just got such good memories of it, you know. I wanted to pick <laughs> songs that I could actually talk about if you asked me to instead of just saying, oh, they're great. <laughs> we, we, just used to, we used to listen to this, like, out back in the share house. Yeah. Me and Joe and Kevin and Jay and Jamie out the back of Troy Terrace. Just got had a had a record player. Yeah. And one of us managed to get this. And we just fucking loved it. We thought it was the best shit ever. The rest was history. <laughs> yeah, and then we then we made that song uh, that Jay actually wrote. Betty Davis will come down from the heaven to save us. And like <laughs> Years later, someone said, "Like you know, Betty Davis isn't dead." <laughs> I don't think we'd even thought about like the the implications of "Will Come Down from the Heavens," meaning that she's dead. But it was like, oh shit, didn't even think about it. <laughs> it doesn't. It could also just mean that she was put on a pedestal or that she's held in high regard. It doesn't. Yeah, it could. Thank yeah. you. We needed you there. Uh, look, anytime <laughs> song title clarification, <laughs> please give me a call. <laughs> thank you. Um, Nick, thank you again for your time today. Congratulations on Nine. Again, it is a gorgeous record um, and we look forward to um, seeing you when you come back to tour when we're able to have gigs and shows. Beautiful. Thanks a lot, mate. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Nick and Pond for their time. Nine is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy or stream the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Susie at Positive Feedback for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of Nick's picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.